you, and thank you everybody for showing up on a very cold, wintry, snowy morning. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, my name is Jeff. I think almost everybody here knows me, except maybe Sybil. And uh, I have been at Teaching Research for almost 10 years. Come October, it'll be my 10th year anniversary here. Um, I work in the Tim Center with Patty and Andrea and a couple of other folks. And I'm primarily an internet and mobile application developer and uh, graphic designer, database person when I have to be. Um, and this morning I wanted to talk about creating an online promotion portfolio. Uh, last year I went up for, for promotion and so uh, I thought I'd give you some hints and tips on how to do that. And I know you're looking at me and you're thinking, well Jeff, you're a web guy. If, you know, you shouldn't even be promoted unless you can put your portfolio on the internet, right? And I get that. And that's exactly what I was thinking. As I was uh, considering, you know, laying out my portfolio and looking at other people's portfolios from years past that are in these big fat binders and stuff, and I thought, you know, gosh, why, why would I put mine in a binder and have people reference, you know, please see page 38, figure 2, you know, when, you know, it's a screenshot or something. So I didn't want to do that. Um, and so I talked with my mentoring committee that was, uh, what, John Cloran, Christina Regal, and Gail Leslie. And I tossed the idea by them, and I said, you know, I don't think anybody's done this before, but is it okay if I put my entire portfolio online? And they said, well, I don't know. Try it, and let's see how it goes. And so I commend them for being forward-thinking enough to kind of let me do that. And it seems to have worked out okay. Um, so, oh, before I go any further, uh, the Tim Center has a new blog, or will have, uh, let you know, Patty. Next week, I know Ron Schwarzendruber has been fighting a massive spam attack over there, so he hasn't been able to get it set up yet. But uh, hopefully next week it will be available and I'll have the presentation and, and hopefully the video and some notes and links and all that good stuff up there. So I'll send out a, an email to TR letting everybody know when that's up. So you don't have to scribble furiously as I'm talking or rambling, as the case may be. So uh, let's get into it. Um, why would you want to do this? Why would you want to go down this path of putting your stuff online? Um, well, it's, first of all, it's more entertaining, engaging, and uh, I think compelling. You know, you can tell a story online in a way that sometimes you can't do, uh, or it's more difficult to do, in print. Um, second thing is you have a lot of uh, content flexibility for what you can do online, obviously. You can do movies, screencasts, animated charts, and graphs, and you know, uh, good, fun stuff like that, and really kind of draw the, you know, think of your portfolio reviewers, you know, they're doing you a big favor. Like, make this kind of engaging and fun for them, because they're going to have to, especially this year, they're going to have to look at a lot of portfolios. Um, you don't have to print anything, no hole punching, no binding, no fussing with paper and binders and, and printing three or four of them. There is a small caveat to that, which we'll talk about later, but Basically, you don't have to deal with paper, and in my world, that's a good thing. Uh, there's also some drawbacks to this. Uh, you think, well, uh, great, I don't have to make this big fat binder, wooey. Well, this is not going to be simpler. Um, it's probably going to be more difficult, and it might take more time, especially in the planning stage. So it's, it's, uh, it's not an easy way out, definitely. Um, you're going to use, well, I'm going to introduce um, a few tools for doing this a little more simply. A lot of them you'll already know about. But getting familiar with them is difficult. It's not easy. And uh, I don't know about you, but it seems like some days, like, the hardest thing I do all day is format. 
you know, so why are my bullets gone? Uh, why did my headers turn pink? You know, oh, there was an image there, but I backspaced it into oblivion when I was editing, you know. And so that's, you know, we've, we've all run into that kind of stuff, and these tools are prone to that. So it takes time, and if you're under a time crunch, which I think, you know, people who are going out for promotion kind of are at this point, uh, you might put it off for your ne next uh, promotion endeavor. Um, and a couple of disclaimers. This isn't for everybody. Um, if, you, if your portfolio lends itself nicely to just uh, you know, written narrative and your evidence is mostly uh, in print format, uh, either already in print format or you don't really have a lot of you know, uh, Excel charts or graphs or, or screenshots to show, then do a binder. You know, it's, there's, there's still room for that. Uh, I might also add this isn't you know, a, an endorsement tacit or otherwise by the Teaching Research Institute to say we all need to do this. You know, this is the way we're going. It, it's not. We're not, we're not uh, nobody's enforcing that we you know, move down this path toward putting everybody's portfolio online. It's, it's a choice. Um, so step one, as you do with anything, is prepare and plan. Um, but this is a little different. Uh, crafting your portfolio can be daunting and scary, and it can be a huge challenge. At least it was for me. Um, you know, taking everything that you've done at TR and sort of putting it into a story, that's it's not easy for a lot of people. Um, but it is a way to tell your TRA story, and you should think of it as that. Um, it's, it makes it a little easier for things to come forth. It's like, oh, this is what I do here, and I think it's cool. And here, let me show you how cool it is. Um, you know, outline your narrative and supporting evidence for your primary domains. Um, and I'm not going to go through what the primary domains are because I can't remember. But get, get at least a rough outline of everything that you're going to throw on the table and try to talk about. And then look those over and decide which elements lend themselves nicely to different media types. Can you do a screencast here? Can you do some screenshots over there? And if you don't know the difference is a screenshot is a static screenshot. Screencast is actually where you go, you know, you do a video of what's on your screen and you do a voiceover narrative and you talk about what you're doing and you kind of show what's happening on the screen. It's a, it's a video format. Um, you might dedicate an entire day or maybe a, a Saturday afternoon or whatever to familiarize yourself with the tools you think that you're going to be using. Sit down and try them out. Try to create something with them. Uh, if it's not working for you, maybe you back off and you say, well, I'm not using that tool or I'm just going to go with a print format for now or, or whatever. Um, don't overdo it. You know, we don't want, uh, well, we, uh, you, your reviewers probably don't want things sliding in from the left and the right and from the top and boing, you know, and we don't need gratuitous video and, and uh, animations and stuff like that. And it's easy to overdo it. I, I do that. I find a new tool or a new effect or whatever and I want to try it out and, and, uh, and it's fun. But, you know, two years later you look back and you go, wow, that, that was a little overdone. So, um, so just uh, be conservative. And right now, I'd like to show you kind of what, in my mind, we're talking about and look at the online portfolio that I did. Um, you'll notice it is, it is rather conservative. It's not too whiz-bang. It's fairly clean. Um, nothing on the home page except links. Um, but I did do a couple of things. And uh, let's see, one of them... One of them was, well, let me get into 
some of my narrative. Uh, let's go to candidate statement. So the nice thing about a, a web-based portfolio is you can add links. You know, they're nice. So I talk, I babble on and on about my early years with computers, and I wanted to show what, there's my first computer. You know, you link to it. Nice. Um, and, yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> Commodore 64, yeah. We, some of us know those. Um, and so just linking to things, instead of, you know, flipping back and forth and flipping back and forth and look at this and go back three pages and look at that, it's just link to it. You know, it makes things easy. Um, another uh, thing that I did was I created an infographic for myself. And this was not my idea. It was actually Christina's idea. As, as I had my first meeting with my um, portfolio mentoring committee, uh, Christina said, hey, you know, Jeff, I don't really think I know what it is that you do. Um, and as a, a mentor on your committee, it would be helpful if I knew what you did day in and day out at the office. And it occurred to me, probably there's a lot of people like that. And certainly among my review committee members, there's going to be a few people who don't know what I do. And I think we can probably all safely assume uh, that there's a lot of people that don't know what any of us do. And that's okay, normally. But when you're kind of telling your story, you should, you should be able to explain pretty quickly, hey, here's, here's what I do. Here's why I like it. Here's why I do it. Here's why it's compelling. Here's why you should think it's interesting. And... Um, you know, I don't know if I accomplished that with this infographic, but it was a lot of fun. And I basically laid out, here are the technologies I work with. Here's kind of on the, uh, uh, use my pointer, right-hand side, it sort of breaks the technologies into discrete chunks. Here's uh, a little donut graph of the projects I've completed at teaching research. Here's my fiscal impact. Here's the, the money I brought in. Aren't they great? Rah, rah. So, uh, you know, all of that stuff you want to you wanna get in there. And down at the very bottom, I explain what the different technologies are all about, what they do. So it's, it's pretty simple. I created this with Photoshop, but I'll show you a tool, or I'll talk a little bit about a tool. I'm not going to do a lot of demos here, because live demos go bad. But um, yeah, why doesn't that work? It worked yesterday. Um, there is an online uh, infographic tool that is really pretty cool, and it's easy to use, and, and you can whip up one of these things pretty quickly. Um, oh, the other thing I used uh, outside of the website here itself, which I, I built, is um, Behance. I have a Behance portfolio. And if you don't know what Behance is, it's basically a place to drop, uh, you know, to brag about yourself. You put pictures of work you've done or screencasts of work you've done, videos of work you've done, and you talk about it and you just throw it out there for the world. Uh, they can be, your projects can be you know, private or public, whatever you decide them to be. But I used, uh, I used my Behance, oh, come on. Be nice, there we go. So from my website, you can, um, this, yeah, you can link right to a Behance portfolio item of mine. And there's some intro text, there's a nice little screenshot, here's some introduction. And, you know, there's, there's a screencast. And let's bump it up a bit. Let's turn off the sound. Let's stop the video. Um, I can't turn off the sound for some reason. So uh, there's a little screencast that I did with some narrative. And then it's just mostly breaking the project up into different components. 
putting some screenshots in, and that's it. And I did that with, I don't know, half a dozen of my projects. Um, now my letters of support, uh, basically I just scan them in and you know, scan them to a PDF and link them as, a, as you would any other document. Uh, these I actually put on my website, but you can drop these in you know, Google uh, Drive or Dropbox, grab a link, post it into your site, and you're good to go. So as a web developer, I, I built all this from scratch because that's what I like to do, believe it or not. And you know, I acquired my own hosting account, and I got my own domain name, and, and went through all of that. Nobody wants to do that, I'm, I'm fairly cer certain. Um, so there are a couple lost my presentation. Here we go. Uh, yes, yes. Let's go. Okay. So what you want to do is you, regardless of what you do, you want to find an online home. That's sort of a starting point. That's the URL that you're going to give your reviewers because you're not going to give them a binder. So um, you want to figure out some place to put your stuff and, and kind of a, a, an entry door into the rest of your portfolio. Um, my two recommendations would be Squarespace and WordPress. Uh, we all, I think we all pretty much know what WordPress is. It's free um, if you just get a generic WordPress domain name so you can have, you know, jeffsportfolio.wordpress.com or whatever. And that'll be free and it's a blog format. So you, you can craft pages with links, you can drop media into those pages. Um, I would submit that Squarespace is probably actually a better product and it's worth paying $8 a month for uh, because, in my opinion, it's more professional, it's easier to use, um, and the templates are just gorgeous. So let's see if I can get bloggers. Yeah, and they're mobile formatted automatically not terribly relevant for portfolio work, but it's nice. Um, and I played around with uh, Squarespace a little bit. I kind of, I, I had all these ambitions of like recreating my portfolio in a Squarespace site, showing you how easy it is, and I ran out of time, so. Uh, but in playing with the tools a little bit, it really is easy. Uh, it's easier than using Word, it's easier than using WordPress, um, you know, dropping, videos and images and, and uh, embedding stuff is really straightforward. It's easy, it's in-page editing. So for example, with WordPress, you would log into an administration area and you'd write a blog post. And then you go back to the live site and you'd look at it. With uh, Squarespace, you just go to your site, you log in, and you're there. You know, you, you, you land on a page and you start editing it. So it's really intuitive. You don't gotta go there and then go back here. It's all inline editing right where you are. So it's, um, it's a very good product, and for personal use, it's eight dollars a month. Yes, Gail. Well, I'm wondering, could people use some other product, you know, like web publisher, or you could use something else, Adobe, to create your product and put it just on your, put your files um, on your public drive, not your H, but the, the like for me, it's a P. Everybody has a public drive. Right. It uses a URL when you put things into the. Onto the drive and you could do that, but then you're dealing with files and saving them and oh, I saved it in the wrong spot and what is my directory structure like? Do I save my images locally or do I, uh, you know, I, I think there's some questions there that need to be 
answered by people that, that would make things a little more complicated. You could do that. Yeah, I don't see any reason why not. Um, I just think that some of these tools are a little bit more intuitive, yeah, to just get right on going. Um, but yes, you could do that. So after you've decided on a, uh, a front door for your portfolio, we'll move forward into uh, any, any other questions to this point? All good? Okay. Uh, creating and hosting your media. So you've laid out your, your uh, material for your portfolio. What it, what's your narrative going to look like? What are your, uh, what's your supporting evidence going to look like? And you've kind of picked out a handful of things that you want, to, uh, you want to turn into some type of media, be it a video or a chart or, or what have you. Um, and here are some options for doing that. Behance we just looked at. Uh, Prezi, that's what this presentation is running on. And it's kind of a good for a step-by-step -step sort of flow that's a little bit more engaging than just a flow chart or something. YouTube, we know what that is. Uh, Infogram is the uh, infographics creator that I was talking to you about, and it's really pretty cool. It has a free, uh, and all of these tools, I should say, are free. They have a, a free level, anyway. Um, you create an account, you log in, and you select a design. This is really the only demo I think I'm going to do. But it, it, just to show you how easy it is, let's see, I want to I drop in a chart. And I want it to be a pie chart. So I'm going to add my chart. And then I go here. And you double click to edit the data. So you can upload, well, yeah, right here. You can load your own data from a CSV or an Excel file and uh, edit your chart however you want. You can drop images in there. You can drop, uh, what else can you do? There's this thing, add a map. You can add a map if you want to. And then once you do that, you can drill down to what you want your map to show, whether it's just, you know, USA or Italy or Northern Hemisphere. And there you go. I don't know where this data comes from. Uh, I think it's pre-populated from the, from the application, and you can change it. So that's kind of slick. Uh, it also allows you to, you know, once you create your infographic, it gives you an embed link uh, to drop into your website. And most of these tools do that as well. You, you, you can either, well, I shouldn't say this about all of them. Most of them you can download an actual file like that, um, which is advantageous. I'll talk about that later. Uh, but all of them at least give you an embed link. So you don't have to send people to the uh, Infogram website and then back to your website. You can drop your asset right into your web page, wherever that happens to be. One thing about Prezi I don't particularly care for. You've got to start and restart, unless I'm doing it wrong. Um, screener, that's a, uh, a in-browser screencast tool. So you don't need any external software to do a screencast of a website that you've worked on or, uh, 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 or whatever. Um, you just open up your browser. You click the record button. It gives you a little rectangle that you can zoom in and out and move around to, to highlight your content, and then you're recording. And again, it offers you either a download option or an embed option. 
Google Drive is just a good place for dropping PDFs and stuff as you create them. Online Chart Tool is, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't bring that one up. Online Chart Tool is, it's just a, a if you want to create a pie chart real quick, you just want to drop it into your narrative somehow, you go to Online Chart Tool, you type in your values, and poof, you've got a, you've got a nice little pie chart. Throw that, throw that into your, you know, grab the PNG or the JPEG and put it into your, your website. So it's good for quick and easy charts. iCharts.net is a little bit more, a uh, little bit more robust, and I didn't bring that one up either, I'm sorry, uh, but it allows you to do um, interactive charts. So you can upload your data in CSV or Excel format, and then start playing around with your charts. And maybe it looks better as a stacked bar, or a 100% stacked bar, or a pie, or a donut. Um, then you can, you can allow people to drill down into your charts and you know, hover over, over bars and little things will pop up. So it's, it's a bit more engaging than just a static chart. And sometimes those are, are, are helpful. Lucidchart is uh, in Diagramly, are two uh, really good diagramming and flowchart editors. Um, so if you have a flow that you want to you uh, visualize somehow, it's a good place to do it. And SlideShare, I think most of us are familiar with that. It's just online slideshow. So you, and I, I've never used it to be honest with you. What I do know is that you go there, you create your slideshow, and again, you can embed the slideshow right into your, into your web page. So you don't have to send people over to watch the slideshow and then come back to your website. It's, uh, it's all right there. Yes. Yes, they are. I tried to find, yeah, I tried to find tools that at least had a free uh, entry-level account. Okay. And I did enough research to find out that they're, they're free indefinitely. It's not like a 30-day trial or, or whatever. And I think they would work for anything that most of us are going to do. Jeff, um, yes. You could, um, you could. I would be a little concerned. Well, my thoughts. Let's go back and look at it, and actually get into an actual uh, work. It, I'm just concerned about all this stuff on the on the right, all this stuff on the top. You know, I I'm thinking again of your your reviewers, and are they gonna? I mean, what are they gonna do here? Do they need to click this to do something? You know, and it, it just seems a little bit prone to confusion is my only issue with it. But there's no reason you couldn't do that. Um, but yeah, from a usability standpoint, I think there's just too much on the screen to, to make it a dedicated portfolio. But, you know, I don't know. There may be a way to actually blow this up full screen. I've never, I've never come across it, but perhaps there is. So any other questions before, boy, why does it blow up like that? There we go. Before I move on from uh, the creation tools. Okay. We're almost there. Oh, we are there. How about that? Uh, so some parting thoughts. Um, this is, it, it, as I mentioned earlier, this really isn't for everyone. If your portfolio lends itself nicely to print, just stick with print. There's no, 
truly compelling reason to put it online if it doesn't belong online or if it wor would work just as well in a binder. Uh, here's the real sticky one. And Ella might interrupt me and, and on this one, I'm not sure. But successful portfolios need to stick around for a few years. And I have heard 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at least a few years. Um, you'll need a binder of some sort. So all this talk about getting rid of the binder is sort of, <laughs> no, you need a binder, a little one. And what I did with mine was I printed my candidate statement my, uh, and my narrative. Basically everything other than evidence. So I didn't print off any of my Behance stuff. I don't think I printed my infographic. I'd, I think I printed all of my letters of recommendation, just so those were in there. And that's it. So you print, print up one of those and put it in the, in the, uh, in the shelf in there in the mailroom. And uh, that should be good for you. I also burned mine to a CD-ROM because I'm that way. But I think that's, it was a pretty complicated endeavor uh, to convert everything to a CD-ROM. And so it's, that's not a place that typically we want to go. Um, so something to remember uh, while we're on this point is, you know, we're all pretty aware of the transient nature of the web. So uh, I do remember a few years back when Flickr was purchased by Yahoo, I think it was. Uh, my wife, she's not a professional f photographer, but she takes billions and billions of photos and puts them up on Flickr, and that's what she likes to do. Well, when, when Yahoo bought Flickr, they chopped off like 60% of her stuff. Just poof, gone. We're sorry. You know, you've exceeded the limits of our free account. You know, we're, we're terribly sorry. And it's like, well, <laughs> thanks, you know, for the warning. And she doesn't use Flickr anymore. But, you know, a little anecdote to say, you know, you don't know how long your stuff's going to be there, really. You don't know when Behance is going to say, oh, yeah, we want you to cough up $10 a month to keep your portfolio active. You just don't know. Um, so, we, and I think we're, my sense is we're still kind of working this out, but we do need to find a way to, to, to integrate the ability to do online portfolios and the ability to keep them around for a while because uh, other TR employees want to see what you've done. And yeah, so they want to they see what, what got you promoted. <coughs> um, online tools can be a massive black hole of productivity. We all know that, <laughs> um, especially if you've got the Facebook tab open. Uh, but <laughs> that, is, that is a time sink. But they can. And back to formatting. You know, a, a lot of times I will spend more time than I should trying to nudge a title eight pixels to the left or to the right. And it's very frustrating. And you look up and two hours have gone by and you really haven't gotten anything done. You've just moved your title eight pixels to the right um, and turned the rest of your text blue. But, uh, so, so just, just be careful. Again, go back, try, sit down for an afternoon and try the tools. See if they're going to work. See if they frustrate you. See if you can actually create something with them. If you can't, throw it away. Try another tool. Or don't, you know, abandon that, that idea altogether. Move on with your content. Probably the good thing to do is to go a step further than an outline with your narrative and your supporting evidence and sort of flesh it out. At least you've got that done. You know, if, if all else goes to heck, you can work, you know, spend a few hours on your, on your text, print it up, put it in a binder, and you're good to go. So uh, don't, don't get caught in the black hole of productivity. Um, don't expose sensitive data. A lot of us work with 
data that is sensitive, either it's student level, child level data, that's typically what I would encounter, and Patty as well. Don't let it get out there in your screencast or your screenshots. Either figure out a way to redact it or don't do it at all. Um, because even, even your reviewers can't really be exposed to a lot of this data. And listen to your mentoring committee. They're good people, they're smart, they have good ideas, and they really have your best interest at heart. They've done this before, they know the pitfalls, and they want to see you succeed. So as, as I mentioned with Christina and my infographic, that was really cool. I, I appreciated that she did that. Um, and, and it was smart. So, you know, talk to them, talk to them regularly, and, and listen to what they have to say. Uh, most of all, have fun with it and be creative. And that's all. Thank you. Yes, Rand. Yeah. Here's some of the highlight areas that I want to make sure that you, you cover. Here's how you navigate right. through things. Uh, just kind of an overview, not necessarily point by point that you're going to want them to read through all of it. Mm -hmm. but just uh, an overview of how to. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. After you've got your website set up and your evidence, you know, put wherever you're going to put it, do a screencast of the whole thing. Bring everything up in your browser, start your screencast record, and walk, you know, walk your reviewers through it. Um, that's a good idea. And I think, I think too, your um, mentoring committee is good for stuff like that. Um, I, I would say I didn't meet with my mentoring committee nearly enough. Um, it would have been nice to have met with them right before I, I finished this and said, hey, go through it end to end and tell me what you think is, is bad, good. Um, but I didn't do that, but I, I would recommend doing it. Jeff, I want to thank you incredibly because you not only talked about it, but you brought all sorts of things to my mind that I was trying to do in my presentation to you. I got to learn the tools first. <laughs> most of them I haven't actually used. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to do that. That would be fun. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I think I have another meeting <laughs> or two. Textual. 
you know, it's not just on, on paper. I wrote an article or I did a presentation. Now it's, well, wow, I contributed to design, not even designing, but putting things up on this web area. I wrote that piece, but mm -hmm. I might not have mechanically put it up on the web. So trying right. to get those types of things, or I created a um, YouTube video that provided technical assistance on something. Mm -hmm. Well, it might not be my voice, but there's a part of what I did in there. So how to capture that, and, and I'm, you know, Interested in people's thoughts around that, and Jeff, how you how you keep a history of it? Sure. Well, I, I think <coughs> keeping a history of it that's an interesting point because uh, there are a couple of websites that I showcased in my portfolio that are gone, and that's part of the transient nature of the web that we talked about. Um, and I'm glad I captured them when I did, and that's why also I didn't say, hey, to see my work, go to this website you know, childdisabilityconnection.org because it's not there anymore. <laughs> and, and so, uh, you know, that's, you, you capture it through screencasts and screenshots, annotate as you need to, uh, and, and do it that way. That way you, you've got control of the media. You don't have to rely on whether or not a YouTube video is suddenly private or was taken offline by YouTube or taken offline by the creator. Um, yeah, get as much as you can into your own possession and your control, and then you can do with it as you need to. Does that help? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, and I, and I would encourage people to really think about that. I mean, as you know, you might be going, oh, I'm not going to go up for promotion for two or three more years, but you're going to want stuff that you did this year. So keep right. that in the back of your mind about, wow, I, I need to make sure I have a copy of it somewhere, whether it's mm -hmm. the iDrive or you know, wherever, yeah. Dropbox. You know, blogging is probably, and I, I'm talking to myself as much as anybody, but blogging is probably not a bad way to kind of keep that current. You know, get your own blog and start <coughs> dropping stuff on there, not necessarily for anybody else to see, but to sort of keep a history of what it is that you're doing. And that way, when it comes time to write your portfolio, you go to your blog and, hey, there's everything kind of laid out. I just pretty it up a bit and, and I'm good to go. So, any other questions? Okay. Well, thank you, everybody. I appreciate it.